we're in a different world than we were 20, 30, 40 years ago. Just a, a 60, 40, 70, 30 split is not just the way to invest. I think there's better ways to do it. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Glad to have you on the Retirement Reality Podcast. Today, we are talking about uh, the financial terms that we're hearing a lot of right now with the pandemic going on and the financial crisis. A lot of different terms are kind of coming out more so now than we've heard them before. I mean, types of recoveries, especially with the fact that we've been in a bull market for a long time, we haven't heard about the types of recoveries. VIX, you might have heard of that. Tax locks harvesting. A lot of different financial terms that are coming to uh, right, really rising to the top and being forefront. A lot of the conversations you may be hearing on the news and maybe even with your financial advisor when you're sitting down and having those conversations. So we're going to get Mike to, to tell us about these and explain them to us a little bit more and, and what they all really mean and what you need to know about them as well. So let me welcome on Mike Coynan. He is the founder and owner of the Principal Preservation Services. They serve all of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Western Wisconsin, a couple of different offices, one in Minnesota, one in Wisconsin, whatever's more convenient for you. And Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I know springtime's here and you guys work out in the yard a lot, right? So I'm sure you guys are getting outdoors. Yeah. Besides, you know, sometimes we have some colder weekends or rainier weekends, but yeah, we've been active, just trying to be uh, as active we can with this whole social distancing, being outside and getting work done and and just take care of uh, a little bit more time on our hands. I'm not working the extensive hours I was. I'm still still putting in a full-time job time-wise, but um, just a little bit more time at home just to take care of the yard and pocket gophers. I don't know if you have them where you're at, Ben, but they tear up the yard. So now that's my my new uh, goal is to try to get rid of these pocket gophers that just tear up your yard and leave mounds of dirt everywhere. I, I don't know that we have pocket gophers. They might be. I think I've got, I have moles in my yard though. Are they, I guess they're similar probably? Yeah, I, yeah, I think the gophers are a little more destructive. I, I had to look them up on the uh, you know, Google, and, and they have these big claws. They don't really come above ground at all, and they look like a like a hybrid chipmunk with these big claws on there. But they never show their head above ground. They just keep digging holes and leaving mounds everywhere. Yeah, I, I've noticed. I noticed this really this past like four or five months. I've noticed them a lot more. Like like they like they dig out tunnels, right? So you kind of see where yeah. they've they've dug through the yard. And I haven't gotten rid of them yet. I'm kind of hoping they've they found what they needed and, and we'll go ahead and just leave. <laughs> but uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet. But now I'm trying to improve the yard and get the grass growing and stuff. It's, it's difficult with those things growing. I'm, it's funny you said that because that's the same problem I've been dealing with here as well. So hopefully we'll yeah. find a solution. Um, uh, before we get into our show today on financial terms that we're really kind of hearing a lot about in the pandemic, I want to hit you with a little getting to know you question, Mike. <laughs> It's getting to know you time. Uh, so right now, a lot of us are dealing with stress and you know trying to get through these uncertain times, and it's just difficult day to day, right? Just trying to get this new normal. So what do you do when you have stress uh, in terms of trying to get rid of it and trying to relieve that stress? Well, first thing I like to do is I like to exercise. I mean, that's I have usually two days a week. I wish I could get out more, but two days a week I get out to the gym when that was open. And so that's that's been hard for me because not being able to get to the gym and um, get that exercise in. So I we have some exercise equipment at home and you know an elliptical, which is not the quality you can get at the gym, and and we don't have all the machines. So we have some some weights. And I'll tell you with this whole 
you know, pandemic here is trying to just buy some exercise, just weights even at the gym. Everybody's trying to profit off of this. These these dumbbells that typically you can get for they're they're, they're still not cheap. Bowflex makes these ones. They're about three hundred dollars. People are charging two and a half, three times the price right now because gyms are closed. So people are profiting off of that. But uh, that's one thing I do like to do. Um, I in getting outside yesterday actually I it was my Monday night exercise day and I put on my my old rollerblades and I've been worn them for <laughs> years. I'm like you know what I just want to be outside and exercise. So I actually put my rollerblades on and went down the driveway down the road some and and uh, yeah it got a good uh, workout with the rollerblades. So exercise is key and sometimes just uh, you know watching sports or I have a you know, I think one thing I do enjoy is watching funny videos where people, uh, <laughs> you know, do goofy things or get, you know, yeah. fall down or whatever it might be, like funny some videos or else uh, just you can put on YouTube and, and search some of these things just to get a good laugh. I think it's that's important. Yeah, it is. And exercise is important. I know you always talk about on this show about uh, taking care of your health. You got to have your health first before you can worry about anything else in retirement. So it's yeah. important to do that to uh, to stay fit and to relieve stress as well. Well, let's talk about uh, some financial terms, Mike. And before okay. we do, let me remind everybody, you can find out uh, a lot of the, about these financial terms on Mike's web website, principalpreservationservices.com. He's actually launched some new webinars that you can access as well. Keep Calm and Retire On. You'll find a link right there at the top of the website. Click on that and you can get a lot more information uh, from Mike that way. But all, all these financial terms are discussed in there as well, so you can get more information on that from the website. So these, Mike, are, are early terms that I've kind of seen a lot in the news. And, and most of them I, I'm aware of, or at least know about, but some of them are, are newer to me. So I want to kind of go through what people might be seeing a lot of and to make sure we can kind of clarify it for them. So right now, you know, we're in the, the midst of this pandemic and it's kind of been up and down. There's been, you know, steep down and we've seen some rise kind of bouncing back, some stabilization a little bit. But uh, what, what are you going to, what, what can we call what's happening right now? What would you call it? Uh, we, we call it a black swan event. <laughs> okay. Because it's not really an official it wasn't economic driven what had happened with this you know uh, coronavirus it uh, it was something nobody had could could plan for and so it, it they called this a black swan so you, you can't uh, you have to take it with what it was it was something that was not uh, nobody had could have planned unless you're really watching so I do know of a couple people who are dealing with a lot of business internationally and they knew what was going on with China months before it happened here. So they were preparing themselves, which I think was great and smart, but but it came so fast and so hard. Uh, it's not official uh, recession yet, but uh, we believe we get through this. Um, I think most experts are even, uh, I think it was Goldman Sachs talked about, they believe by the end of the year, the market should be higher than it is today by the end of the year. We might go through some some more ups and downs in the meantime. We think overall the market's going to be strong and, and recover. Okay. Well, I hope that's uh, the case for sure. And I think you can kind of see some some signs of that right now. But I, I hear a lot about, you know, we're in a recession and there's talk about, you know, heading towards a depression. And, you know, obviously a lot of comparisons are being made to the Great Depression. You know, I don't know mm -hmm. if we got to that point, but with the unemployment <clears throat> numbers, obviously there's a lot of concern to be made there. So what's the difference between a recession and a depression? Yeah, well, first of all, recession is typically have six months of downturn in the economy. That's two quarters. And that's, you know, it's going to be, you know, the market going down, unemployment going down, you know, contraction of the of the markets, which we've dealt with contraction. You know, we just ended a, you know, a, the longest expansion 
here you know we had in the market and, and low unemployment numbers now we see unemployment numbers rise and we're we're trending because we haven't had six months of this yet but we're trending towards a recession right now depressions could be much deeper and harder that's where uh, businesses be closing which we could be seeing a lot of that because of this whole uh, pandemic and it's gonna be much harder and deeper and, and real estate values down and unemployment really high it's it's funny that you think this even 2008 people call that a it was a recession, but most people thought it was more of a depression because even Bernanke, at, you know, with the Fed at the time, said it was worse than the Great Depression, but yet they only labeled it as a recession even back then. Hmm. So depression is going to be much harder. I don't believe we're heading towards a recession, a, a depression. We could be in a very short recession, I believe. Um, a lot of people are, are believing we're, we're heading that way, but uh, I think we're going to come out of it fairly quick. Okay, that's good news. And, and you know, when we talk about coming out of it, you got to look at the type of recoveries that, that we typically see from a market. And I, you hear all these different letters, right? And I assume that it's just the shape of the chart when you're looking at it. But explain to me kind of the difference between like a U-shaped, uh, a V-shaped, a W-shaped, even I've heard L-shaped, which I don't completely understand what that means. Yeah, and you know, W is not as common, but you know the V, U, and L. We we kind of track those three mostly. But you look at the V shape. That's you know that's going to be the best case scenario, and that usually begins with a steep fall, which we've just you know entered. A, it was a sharp fall of almost thirty five percent in about six weeks. Uh, but as it it recovers quickly though, so it sharps it, it jumps right back up. So you know it drops down fast and, and sharp, but it's going to recover fast, and that's our best case scenario. That's what we're hoping for here. Uh, U shapes are obviously a, a drop, but yet it's going to take a little bit of time, and it's going to be a gradual increase, usually over a year to two years. And so that's that's a U shape. That's okay. Uh, we we obviously hope for the V. L shape is really when they have a steep fall, but yet it doesn't recover and it just kind of goes sideways. And we're not really seeing a lot of improving in the economy. Uh, a quick fall, but yet just kind of hanging in there and not a lot of recovery in that. So that's about the worst case scenario we could be uh, dealing with. We're not excited about having an L shaped um, kind of economy. Yeah, something to keep an eye on. Uh, and I, I hear a lot too, and I'm paying attention to the market, and that's something I've done uh, quite a bit over the last couple months because I've, I've hoped you know, that maybe this is an opportunity. I remember 2008, and so I've kind of paid attention and, and tried to decide whether or not this is something I want to put more money into, and I've been paying attention a lot. And I hear the term VIX quite a bit in the VIX mm -hmm. index. What, explain that to me because I kind of have an idea of what it is, but what exactly does that mean, and where, where can you find that? Yeah, a lot of people associate the VIX index with – uh, the fear index is another term for that because it's a it's an index that was created here by Chicago Board of Options Exchange, the CBOE. It's a 30-day forward, real-time uh, looking forward on the S&P 500 and looking at the S&P 500 index options to measure the the market risks and it's so it's, a, it's an indicator where they think the market's going. And so people look at the VIX index to see if it's high or low. And you know, it's high right now because there's a lot of, the expectations aren't are that great. It's, it's you know, it's, I, when I look today is over 26 on the VIX, which they don't want to be in those range. They want to be under 20 and it, actually in the teens or lower. Uh, I've talked to some of the companies we deal with with some safer investments and they said, well, our rates will get better when the VIX drops <laughs> because the VIX is so high right now. So. That just means they're they're watching the indicator what the experts believe is happening in the market. 
you know so it is fear and i think more investors become more savvy through the through the years and they're paying attention more to that too so we're seeing more real-time changes as these numbers rise people are pulling back a little bit because they believe the market's going to be you know affected it's almost instantaneous uh, when news comes out we see the market you know change and the vix is another indicator of that they watch that almost as like they watch the media yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's important because I've I've heard it and I kind of know a number that you kind of look out for and 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 see it. But you know, I I only hear it obviously every now and then. Like it does. You don't hear anybody talking about it when the market's going well. Uh, it's just simply when when things are taking a turn down. So that's uh, something that maybe you probably heard of as well if you're listening to the show and and been following the market quite a bit. Well, one opportunity that people are talking about too is is tax loss harvesting. And I guess with the market down and the values of maybe your portfolio being down a little bit. Is that is that why this maybe is an opportunity for some people? Yeah, it, it's a good opportunity. Now, when we use you know, it's called you know tax loss harvesting doesn't it's not applying to your Roth or your traditional IRA accounts. We're talking about your taxable accounts. These are non qualified type investing accounts. You might have some stocks. You know, you might be investing yourself. Through, you know, maybe through TD Ameritrade or wherever it might be. Well, you have some losses and you have some gains, and it's a good opportunity uh, if you want to you know, take some, some losses right now, you can actually defer, you know, $3,000 of losses on your tax returns as well. But you can offset the gains that you might have if you want to get out of some, uh, some investments. And you just say, for example, you have some stocks here and you have $10,000 in gains, but you have some, some losers over here that's not performing well. And now you're, you're reevaluating your, your plan and you find, I don't know if I want to hold on to these long term as the market's changed and so has the economy and, and the outlook. So you, you decide you're going to sell some of these uh, losers and maybe you take $5,000 in losses. That offsets the $10,000 in gains. So now your, your taxable gains are half of that because you, you're able to you know, cut back the gains with the losses. So it's important to look at that. Uh, I think we've had a few people that for some reason, there are new clients coming in. We saw some of the stocks that they were holding in their accounts. It's like, wow, for some reason you got in so high for some reason. you know, I'm not sure why that was a good reason to buy these at that time, but they're going to take the losses. Now, one thing you have to understand with tax loss harvesting is there's a wash rule. There's a 30-day rule. So if you're going to sell an investment, take a loss, you have a 30-day kind of waiting period to, to buy into that same investment or a very similar investment. Okay. So just say you're, you're going to sell a, you say oil stocks. I mean, they took a big hit. So if you look at maybe you're going to sell BP and uh, it lost 50%, um, but now you're going to pick up Chevron or you're going to pick up you know Exxon or whatever it might be within 30 days. It's still in that same category of that 30 days, even though it's not the same exact ticker stock, it's the same family. So you have a 30-day window to, to be able to jump back in to, to take those uh, those losses. What happens if you jump in inside that 30-day 30, that 30 window? Do you just can't take the tax loss? Is that, is you, that the penalty? You can't take the losses. Yeah, you can't okay. take those. Okay. Uh, index funds, another thing that I've heard quite a bit about. I'm not totally sure what an index fund is, uh, but can you explain it to me a little bit and how they kind of help people in this market downturn? Yeah. So typically, you know, the biggest player in the index fund is is uh, Vanguard. You know, so Vanguard, that's pretty much what they sell. That's when Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, he just believes that his whole theory was invest in index funds because the market always goes up. And yeah, you go through downturns, but over time, they keep up and with inflation and they're very cheap. 
um, the, some of the lowest type of funds you can buy. We're talking about expenses on these investments of you know 0 0.05, 0.1, very cheap. So if you're looking for cheap investments, that's great. But one thing about index funds, no different than any other type of investment, it just follows the market. Typically, most of these index funds are following the S&P or you have an international index fund or you're just you're riding the market up and down. That's not something what we believe for our clients, for majority of our clients who are pre-retirement retirement. So we're not in, uh, utilizing those in our clients' plans. It, it's cheap, way cheaper than mutual funds. You know, if you're going to invest maybe long term, you got a lot more time horizon. You're in your 30s or 40s. Nothing wrong with that. You can take some more risk, but you're also just riding the waves of the market. Nothing's really being done uh, specifically for you. You're just you're just pretty much mirroring the the index of the S&P 500 for a lot of those. Okay. The last financial term I want to hit on is rebalancing. I've heard this quite a bit, but I assume this is something you're doing a lot with your clients. But explain how what exactly rebalancing means, how it works, and, and how often you should be doing it. Yeah, rebalancing. Typically, we see uh, uh, you know a lot of people who come here from maybe a, a brokerage firm that you know their advisor says you're going to be in a a sixty forty split investments or seventy thirty or fifty fifty, whatever that might be, and that's going to that means you know say sixty forty is sixty percent of your investments will be in equities, stocks, forty percent will be in bonds. And what happens is you know sometimes they automatically set up every quarter or every six months or once a year automatic rebalancing. And what they're going to do is as uh, you all, they want you to maintain that 60/40 split. So maybe maybe your stocks perform better like in 2019 your stocks grew 20% or 25% in that portfolio um, last year. Well, if the automatic rebalancing, they're going to take some of that money off of the stocks and, and put it more into the bonds to keep you that 60-40 ratio. So what a lot of these these uh, firms are going, even with the Charles Schwab's of the world and a lot of these brokerage firms, they're actually just setting up automatic rebalancing. So the computer automatically does it for you. Um, so no, no, there's really no advisor involved with that. We uh, we don't really kind of go with that that model because we have specific managed funds that are designed for our clients, so they're automatically being watched and moved around um, on a weekly basis, which is different than than utilizing the uh, you know this uh, automatic rebalancing. I just think it's 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 okay. I just believe this whole sixty forty or seventy thirty split. These are these are blanket investments and blanket planning for something that was been used for 20, 30 years ago, and people are still trying to use this, those same strategies today. And I just think we're in a different world than we were 20, 30, 40 years ago. Just a, a 60, 40, 70, 30 split is not just the way to invest. I think there's better ways to do it, especially when we look at where's the bonds going to be in the future, because interest rates can't be any lower. And what happens when interest rates will be starting to rise again, bonds will be actually losing values um, and going backwards. So um, we're not a big fan of utilizing these these bonds and the portfolios like a lot of uh, you know, a lot of these brokerage firms are. Interesting. Well, there's a lot to, to see from, from this list that there's plenty of different terms out there that you might not know about, be aware of, or just have questions about. And if you do, you know, feel free to reach out to Mike and his team at Principal Preservation Services because they, they work with clients on a lot of this stuff, rebalancing, tax loss harvesting, uh, going through these index funds and discussing your options and whether or not you should do it. They can be found online at principalpreservationservices.com, but you can also call their office as well, 855 987 
888-888. And I know you guys are still in the office too, right, Mike, and we, still working out of there? Yeah, we've been here every day. A lot of people think we're working out of the home. We are, I've not worked out of the home once. <laughs> so we've been in every day. And, and yeah, we have majority of people who don't want to come in. We've been doing a lot of virtual meetings, either through you know Zoom or go to meetings or whatever that platform might be. But we're keeping our distance. We're cleaning between every meetings, you know, making sure we're maintaining distance and, and make sure the office is clean. So we're just definitely open. We're, you know, considering essential business. So we've been here every day for the last several months. That's great to hear. And let me encourage you too, if, if you are still someone that doesn't like to get out of the house, you still want to maybe take some distance from people and, and you're still not comfortable getting out, check out Mike's webinar as well that he has online now, Keep Calm and Retire On. It's uh, it's free to, to access and you can do so right on his website. And uh, a lot of valuable information right now as you're kind of going through some of these financial reevaluation as a lot of people is, are doing with their portfolio and their retirement plan right now. So make sure you check that out at principalpreservationservices.com. So Mike, we'll wrap it up on that note. I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for clearing up some of these financial terms for me. You are welcome. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon, Ben. Talking to you soon. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.